Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome back. Episode 79, Hebrew Congregation of Houston. It's good to be in the house. All of you are looking lovely. It's good to see everyone. How are you? Fantastic, man. Oh, hey, oh, me over. Great, great. So uh, we're going to have a quick testimonies. Uh, uh, Yahweh has put on my heart. So I'm going to do a quick testimony. And then I um, urge everyone, because we know our testimony will break yokes, right? So a lot of times you'll see me post, uh, the devil can't have my smile. And so I'm going to go into why I say that uh, a lot of times. So when I was younger, they called me this little China doll and everybody liked my smile. <laughs> And then as the uh, world beat up on you, they have a way of taking your smile away, right? And so I used to work a third shift at the police department. I would pick my son up every day. And it was this lady, God must have put me behind her every day. When her son would come out, she would be like this, like a big smile on her face. And I'm like, what is wrong with this woman? But what she was doing is when her child got out of school, that's what she wanted him to see. So if his day was going bad or he got bullied or beat up, whatever may have happened, he didn't pass the test. He knew when he got outside that school, there was gonna be, he's gonna be greeted by his mother and a smile. And I was like, hmm. So I started doing that. So everyone I love, or, or when I would greet people, I would always have this smile on my face before they would see me, right? So then the world started beating up on me again. I had started losing my smile again. So to make a long story short, I was in church one day and this prophet came and she said to me and she got my attention. The first thing she said to me was, God loves when you sing to him when you cook. I'm not a good singer, but I like to sing to the food while I'm cooking, like especially for a whole lot of people. And then she said, she leaned into me and she said, never let the devil have your smile. And I knew, I knew that was a, a prophecy from the Lord because I had stopped doing it. And so I started doing it again until this day. And that's how I want to be remembered from my son, from my grandchildren, my husband, and the people that I love. When they see me, when my husband walks in the house, when he comes in, I say, welcome home. And I have this big smile on my face. And so I hope that that just helps someone that you don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil have your smile and beat up on you to the point where He's taken away with God, your attribute that God gave you. Thank you, Lord. And so Amen. don't never let them have your smile. Keep <clears throat> smiling. So go ahead. I want the next person to go ahead and uh, do your testimony. Well, I was scheduled for MRI. I think it was the 6th of uh, December because I had rain in my ears. And when I went to the hospital for the MRI, during the process, the technician pulled me out of the machine and said that, told me I was having a stroke. Oh. So I said, when? She said, now. Oh. She said, well, they want me to bring you to the emergency room. So I went to the emergency room and eventually someone told me that there was a, a blood clot on the right side of my brain. Uh, they kept me in hospital for 48 hours for observation, but I didn't have any symptoms of having a stroke. Oh. Um, 
so the next that night I had a, a scan and a eco uh, that next day before they let me out the the um, therapist had about three different ones came in and was talking to me I had to walk down the hall with one they were just checking me out making sure that I didn't have the symptoms of, of you know the normal symptoms of, of a stroke um, I had the neurologist come in with two other people and she said I hope you don't mind I have these people with me uh, and we want to talk to you about your stroke and I said no I don't mind because I see I see Father, I see Son, I see Holy Spirit. Thank you. And every time they ask me who you live with, I said, I live with Jesus. Um, so it's just a blessing that Holy Spirit had me in the hospital for that time for a different reason. Reason, oh. and she and they they didn't know whether it was an old stroke or it wasn't happening then because I didn't have any I wasn't showing any symptoms but they gave me medication you know the aspirin and uh -huh. uh, something from standing which supposed to deal with your cholesterol right but I just I just think thank the Lord that I was at the right place at the right time to receive this the medication that I'm receiving but I truly believe that I'm I'm healed uh I do understand that my body probably went through some type of traumatic experience because something was wrong, but he kept me such that it wasn't the, a normal stroke, the symptoms uh -huh. of a normal stroke for that time period. And I just came, got out of the hospital and I, I just laid, you know, I, I stayed in the house for several days just to let my body rest and recuperate. And I'll go see my doctor. Well, I saw my doctor, but then I have to go back within 30 days. And that's been two weeks ago or so. So I'd be going back for that. But I just thank the Lord that I'm 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 still here, still riding my bike three days a week. Wow. And, and after oh. I see the nurse, I mean my doctor, I will go back to the gym three days a week. Wow, that's a powerful testimony that you just had a regular appointment, but God. He needs yeah. the timing so that they can find it and that you're still with us. Thank you. Amen. 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 The next person. Wow. Anybody else want to give a testimony? Uh, Lisa, I see your lips moving. You need to unmute yourself. I'm there trying you. to unmute myself, but how is everyone today? Good, good. good to see your Fantastic. lovely faces and to hear that awesome testimony. That is beautiful. Uh, and I give glory to Hashem for that. That is Amen. wonderful because not everybody has that. Not everybody can say that, but uh, but Hashem, as Hashem. we say, but God, but Hashem. But and God. I thank Amen. him for that. I do, I do, Amen. I do. I remember um, Minister Benjamin had asked um, uh, Minister Michael and I, uh, if there was anything that we could recommend for him to um, solve the um, ringing in the ears. And so I told him, I said, give me just a minute. And so I sent him a video or something. And I uh, asked if he was um, a patron of Instagram because these videos were on there. But what I had to do was to transfer them over to Facebook. 
and uh, really to myself, to my email, and I sent him one I know, and the others I recommended that he could watch. But nevertheless, uh, he's here today. He's well. He's Amen. healed. He's got the Amen. right idea, you know, Amen. because a couple of days ago, I wondered, I woke up wondering, why don't we see the miracles that the men of old saw? <laughs> yeah. And I know it has to do with our faith. I know that um, our faith is not like what they had, like the woman with the issue of blood, uh, like so many that have gone to doctors and uh, didn't need to go or they couldn't find anything. But he said to me, this is what I heard. He said, when Hashem said it's done, it's done. There's no question after. We wrestle with, oh, well, maybe this, well, what about this symptom? What about this? What about this and this and this and this? They didn't wrestle with that. And wow. so I have to do the same thing because I need to see the miracles and I don't need to see miracles. I need to see him do what he does. Right. Amen. We call it a miracle because it only happens every so often. Mm -hmm. But this is what he does naturally every day. That's just like me seeing somebody walk that walks every day and call it a miracle. No, this is his character. <laughs> this is his right. purpose to show himself strong in those that believe him. My testimony is quick. I just thank all of you for being here today. I thank um, my uh, co-host, <laughs> Minister Michael, for the information that we've shared and the um, uh, testimonies that we've had about what certain uh, fruits and vegetables and uh, different supplements will do for us. And I am now a recipient of those testimonies of those uh, of your testimonies of the things that I have tried. I start a new uh, seven day alkaline <laughs> diet on Monday and I am so looking forward to it. I, you know, we look for uh, uh, results immediately because we're a part of that generation, that's the microwave generation. That's a thing of the past. All the things that I'm involved in right now are things that take time. They're not like as I was uh, 20 years and younger uh, because you know I could fall down as a kid, uh, run in the house, wash it off, put some uh, Neosporin on it, put a bandage on it, I'm gone. That's it. Not so much anymore. These things are taking time. Amen. And so as a result of that, the things that I'm doing, the foods that I'm eating, the way that I'm carrying my life, I got to get my bike down, <laughs> Minister uh, um, Smith. I, I mean, more, I have to get my bike out and ride again yeah. Yeah. Um, and then keep active. Um, yeah, I got a year-old <laughs> granddaughter that I'm taking care of, but I need to get out. I promise you, uh, there is, uh, if you're on Instagram, there's a video of about sunshine. We need, need some, that's, that's more, right. almost more important, as she says in there, than food. We need that because it helps our melanin. It helps other organs in our bodies. And so we have become, as a result of this pandemic, those that are closed in. Uh, breathing the toxic air in the house. We need to get outside, even if you just sit on the porch. Uh, we It was two days ago, it was cold that morning and 70 degrees, 60 degrees by 10, 12 o'clock. You know, so that's a change in atmosphere. That's a change in weather. But yeah. we still need to get that sunshine. Yes, it's a little bit cloudy out there today, but we still need to get out there and receive those sun rays for our bodies, for our minds, for our souls. And Amen. so- 
that's going to be my testimony for today. Thank you all for listening to me and everyone have a great day. You know, Lisa, thank you for your testimony. The spirit said blossom. You have blossom. You, you, that's that's what, what, what I hear you blossom. And I'm going to tell you, I've been listening. I got my essential water. I was doing that cheap um, $3.99 Nest, uh, Nestle water. And I hear you all. I got my essential water here. It, it, it was $10, but hey, we, we pay good money to put in, into our, our cars, our houses, makeup, uh, Mac and all that. Put some good stuff in your body. So I'm listening. I got my tea, my pea blue tea that uh, Minister Mike has sent me. That's what I, I drink here. And so I, you have to hear us. You have to listen. You have to follow instructions. And me too. I'm learning. And thank y'all all so much. I'm learning from everyone on here. And I love y'all. Yes, and it's, it's um, you know, we put expensive things on our body, but what about the expensive things that go in our body? We are well worth it. Amen. To send the best Amen. on ourselves. And, and some of the stuff is not even expensive. Some of the herbs exactly. and everything you all talk about, we're just ignorant, which is the lack of knowledge. We just exactly. didn't know. And exactly. so we thank you all for doing our health as our wealth because we need that. We need yes. to know. And as people melanin, we, we, our bodies react differently towards than other people. And so do we have any more testimonies? Yeah, I can go next. Okay, go ahead, <clears throat> Minister Griff. Um, well, first I wanted to say to Akolis and Brother Mike, thank y'all so much for the health as wealth pieces. There's so many things that uh, I hear on there, just, just quick hits and then something happens and I'm like, wow, I just heard that yesterday or I just heard that two days ago or whatever it is. Um, whether it be understanding what mucus is in my body and understanding what that means for me, whether it be, you know, me feeling off and understanding that my pH balance is a little off and I need, you know, this or that. It's just the small stuff that I've been able to adjust on. So I appreciate y'all so much and thank y'all for all that information. Um, my testimony, I'm going back to when I was in college here around the time I got saved. Um, one day, you know, we didn't have all that much money when I was in college. I went to school in Massachusetts. We lived in Houston. One day, I'm about to catch the train back from uh, Pittsfield, Massachusetts to Houston, Texas. You know, it takes about a two-day ride, gearing up for all that. And so I'm in, I'm in line for the train, and this, this guy, white guy, just keeps staring at me, just keeps looking at me. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. You know, Pittsfield's a little, it's like Erie, Mom, where, you know, it's a lot of drugs and stuff. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but let me just, you know, be aware here. So I get on the bus, I sit down. And uh, I'm in front of him. And so I, I sit down and, you know, I see him walking by and he sits down right behind me. And I'm like, oh, man, something, something strange is happening here. I don't you know what's he was going about on. about to jack you or something. Right? I, well, you know, you just don't know what's going on. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and so uh, and so, you know, I put my headphones in, but I keep one out so I can, you know, hear behind me. But I put my headphone in trying to, you know, just 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 zone out and tune it out. And then after about maybe. Uh, 10 minutes, this guy taps me on the shoulder and uh, he's like, <laughs> he's like, Hey, he's like, um, he's like, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say, uh, I just wanted to say, hi, I saw you outside. He's like, you have an amazing glow about you. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, thanks. You know, um, and kind of put my headphone in, you know, I'm in college. I'm just trying to get home. You know, I'm already mad, not mad, but I'm already like, man, it's gonna be a long trip. And so you kind of get into that zone, put my headphone in and I uh, keep listening to music. He taps me again. He says, hey, I, you know, I don't know, 
he was like, but uh, I just wanted to tell you, he was like, he was like, you recently gave your life to God, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. He's like, you're the one I'm supposed to talk to. And he says, preacher, preacher, preacher. And I'm like, huh? And he's like, preacher, preacher, preacher. He said, God is telling me right now that you're supposed to be a preacher. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, and we got to chatting and got to talking. And this man tells me, he said, hey, I want you to know, um, I sold, he's like, I used to be a trucker. I drove trucks across the country. God told me to sell my truck. And God tell, told me to sell my car and to get on this train because I had an assignment. He wow. says, so I'm going across country on this train right now because God told me to and I had an assignment. He said, and you are that assignment. He has a word for you. And he said, and, he, and then this man opens up and starts to open up my life to me and tell me everything about my life. Wow. Stuff, as, stuff as small as, he says stuff like, you remember when you stepped on that nail in the backyard when you were a little child? Mom, that, that happened, right? Yes. He said, remember when you wow. stepped in that rusty nail in the backyard when you were a child? He said, and oh, he said, you you wanted uh you wanted your dad, uh, but he wasn't there, but your mom was there. He said, Well, I want you to know that your father was always there. He said, might not be the earthly father, but your heavenly father was always there watching you. He was always holding you. Then he goes into just event after event in my life where he was just prophesying things to me and telling me about things happen happened in my life. Um, and so we ride together from Pittsfield, Massachusetts, all the way to Syracuse, New York, probably about a seven hour ride, talked the entire time. <clears throat> he prophesied the entire time, told me about my life the entire time, asked him what his name was. His name was Eric Carlson. And again, my mom could tell you that was a childhood friend of ours. Uh, so it was weird to even yeah. have that name. It was weird to even have that name. And uh, we get to the Syracuse station. And uh, I remember the last thing he told me, well, Two, two of the last things he told me, one was, he said, when you're around angels, he said, I want you to know that, um, he said, your calling is strong. So a lot of times they'll manifest into the physical realm for you. He said, so if you ever see feathers just falling around you and it doesn't make sense, he said, that's probably because an angel was around you and the presence was so strong that uh, a, part of its, a part of its being manifests into the material realm. So the other thing I want to tell you is you're going to have a major decision coming up in the next few days and you have to make the right choice he said you're not gonna want to but you have to make the right choice and so i'm like okay i'm like can i get your number man i would love to call okay. you back one day you know and talk more and all this he's like of course he gives me his number and that's when i get his name from him um and then he gets on his train he goes his way in syracuse and i keep going my way to houston well within the hour that he gets on his train i'm still in the syracuse station within the hour i get a call the call i get it is a medical, uh, a medical emergency response team. And they call me and they say, hey, your dad is in critical condition. He okay. has just got into a motorcycle accident and he needs to get life flighted to the hospital. Nobody can, can give the okay but you. He has another daughter who was in jail. Parents were deceased. So I was the only living child, even though I've never met that man a day in my life. Okay. And, they, and they say, uh, no one can give the emergency, um, the emergency flight approval but you do we have approval to life fight him to this hospital and you know at that point in my life having not ever met him and having been abandoned there's some bitterness there and who knows what I would have said or who knows what would have happened if this man hadn't just told me you're going to have a major decision that you have to make make sure you make the right choice who knows but literally you know going off those words I'm like yes you know life out him there blah 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 of course um, and so they life out him there and ended up, sa ended up saving that man's life. Mm. Right. And on the train, he told me, he said, don't worry about your father. You'll end up saving his life. He said, you'll be the one that saves him. 
you know, probably six hours earlier in the train, he told me that. And then here we are, it turned around right there and this happens. And so all that goes down, all that happens. I try to call him back. I try to call him right afterwards and be like, man, that, how, how did you know? I call him and the number is disconnected. Right. Mm. And so, you know, I always thought in that moment, that I was, was a, in the presence that was of angels. Angel. Yep. I was in the presence of angels and didn't even know it. This man gave me, I mean, ran down specific events in my life. Remember when this happened to you? God was there. Remember when this happened to you? God was there. He was always your father. He did it for a reason so that you knew he was your father. And he was the first person I ever heard refer to God as daddy. I mean, he was praying. And he kept saying daddy. And I was like, man, that is an intimate relationship. I've never heard anybody, you know, and of course, when we say Abba Father, it's kind of in the same context, but he was the first person I heard said in the English like that. Um, and so I just wanted to get that one. That one was powerful for me, you know, when I first became a believer. And that's when I was like, man, God is real, my Lord. Like that was just mind blowing to me. And so that's one of my testimonies I had. I know I went a little long there, apologies, but I just wanted to get that one off my chest real quick. No, that was amazing. Thank you. We're just going to let the spirit use us so uh, we don't have to, to do the 20 minutes, Minister Mike. So just let the spirit use you and let the anointing flow. Anybody else have a testimony? Thank you, uh, Minister Griff, for sharing that. And so obviously God didn't have enough for me to fly you home that 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 day. It was meant that I was I was broke that day so you can take the train. <laughs> it was all orchestrated. It was all ordained. It was all ordained. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord Shate. Any other uh, testimonies before uh, we give Minister Mike the, the mic? Okay, Minister Mike. Okay, um, mine, I guess you can say it's, it's almost like I just see scriptures um, coming forth um, in my life, you know, that we learned from, you know, years and years ago from, from childhood. And I was like, Massachusetts, huh, Grip? I, I went to elementary in Springfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> wow. I used to be in Springfield all the time. That's where my coach recruited me was from Springfield. Uh, I remember Twan on with the Springfield College. So I was there all the time. What a small That's amazing. So um, my, I'm going to try to go back to close to the beginning and just speed it up fast forward. Um, so, um, you know, there's this scripture that says, um, train up a child, but you would go. And when he gets old, he won't depart from it. So early on, you know, my grandmother always took me to church uh, uh, once I moved back to Texas and everything, you know, and I would go to her. And a lot of stuff I didn't understand, I was just there, you know, occupying space and time and listening to people shout and stuff. And then, you know, as we get older and stuff and I got close to high school, I wasn't going to church that often, you know, um, but I can remember when I was like in elementary something and some of the kids I hung around, they were like saying, oh, you know, you're not supposed to read the Bible from beginning to end in order. You can read the whole Bible, but don't read it from beginning to end in order. Because if you do, you know, uh, you'll die. So, you know, I never heard start, I never heard that one. But go ahead. So uh, I was like, really? You know, and maybe they were just pulling my leg. But it just stuck with me. So by the time I got in high school, like my junior, senior year, you know, hormones are racing and we becoming a little bit more rebellious and stuff like that. So that popped up, up in my head again. So I, like I decided to do it. So I started with Genesis and it took me a whole year and I read the Bible, you know. And after that year, uh, when it got to the end, I was in that last chapter, the last few verses, I'm beginning to slow down in my reading and I'm looking up to see if the sky gonna open up or lightning gonna come down. Cause I'm thinking I'm, maybe I'm getting ready to die. I've been so rebellious and stuff, you know? And then I read it and nothing happened. 
But then I couldn't tell you what I had read that whole year <laughs> because I read it for the wrong reason. So th then my senior year, I went back and reread it again. And then that's when I started seeing, I got stuck in Leviticus, specifically Leviticus 23, where it had all these festivals and stuff um, going on. And I was like, where are all these celebrations and everything? And when did we stop doing this? And, and why did we stop? You know, but nobody had any answers for me. So, you know, eventually got out of high school, got into college, and that began my party life. And church just was not a part of it. You know? And I remember the other day I saw this pastor and he talked about um, the acronym of busy. And he, he uh, equated to being under Satan's yoke. So I guess you can say for a whole bunch of years, I was under that because I had no time for God, no time for church, everything was for the party life. But once I moved to Houston, after all those decades of partying, um, I got invited to a church and I went to the church and something happened that normally never, ever happened. When I left the service, I remember not only the message, but I remembered the scriptures. And that stuck with me. And I said, well, maybe this was a coincidence. So I go back to the church the following Sunday, same thing. I remember the message. I remember the scriptures. I did this for three months. And I could always go back from the beginning and tell you what the scripture was, what the message was. And I said, okay, maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And but, but I grew. And if you remember in Ephesians 1.18, it said, enlighten the eyes of your understanding. So after about 14 years of this, something was working all up in me. And it was like, something is missing, you know? And I would start talking to God about it, you mm -hmm. know? And it was like, he was telling me, um, are you ready? Can you handle the truth? I said, I just want to know the truth, you know? So eventually he started orchestrating just like he did with Minister Grip. He started orchestrating with different people that came into my life. And it was leading me actually toward the Hebraic side of Christianity. And then I started getting a better understanding, you know? And at one point, you know, you do get kind of bitter and then you just want to like go out and tell everybody. But I remember this rabbi said, once you start learning to Torah and you start embracing it, don't become a Torah terrorist. Mm. You have to start developing relationships because you got to remember these people, you were there where they were at one time. So you have to show them grace, just like he showed us grace, you know, because we drifted so far because of our ancestors stuff. And then eventually it just led me on and on to start you know, want to learn Hebrew, write Hebrew. It led me so far. I was so on fire for, you know, I even went into an Orthodox Jewish setting, not even knowing it. And when I went there, I had this big Jesus Christ shirt on who I am in, in Christ. No, because I didn't know nobody. I was in, I was blind. I'm all there walking around and stuff, had my shirt all open, proud and everything. And I was working out in the gym then. So it, I had, I was really all, all, all big and everything, you know, going around. And then finally, after going back and forth, it was like God had me blinded when I was walking down these halls waiting for the class to start. And I never noticed on the, on the wall, they had pictures of these rabbis. They had these black hats on, black fedoras, the long uh, white beards. And, I, and then I knew, I'm like, oh my God. I'm in an orthodox. <laughs> I'm like, I got to get out of here. So as I got ready to exit the building, this uh, rabbi came out and he asked me, I help you. And I was like, uh, well, I was looking for the how to learn and speak uh, Hebrew class. He said, this is it. Come on in. So, you know, a lot of times, like no brothers, I know when growing up in high school, the best seat to be was in the back. So I'm headed to the back of the class. Said, no, 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 no. Come up here by me. 
<laughs> I was like, oh my God. So now not only am I late in the class because they started early, but I'm the only person of color. So I'm like, oh, can I just go hide? And he said, no, no, come up here by me. So he had me sit on the side of him in the class with this big shirt on, with this giant gold cross going down my shirt saying who I am in Christ. And it's like 40 degrees outside and I'm sweating like I'm in a sauna because I'm so nervous because of where I'm at, I'm on, I feel like I'm on display. And there was another uh, lady and her son on, on, the, on the side of me. And he knew my uncomfortability of it. And he turned over and he looked at me and he said, in my class, there is no shame. Uh, that was back in like 2006. We are, I've been over to his house, I've been with his family. We've remained close. And that's one of the things when you're gonna start trying to witness to somebody, whether they're a believer, whether they're not a believer, where you're trying to get them into their break side, is develop a relationship first and then smoothly go in. That's kind of like how God did with me. I went from partying five or six days a week to being in, in, in church five, six days a week. For me, God was a smooth operator, kind of like that song by Sade. He didn't, he went out rough with me because everybody has their own pace, their own front. And years later, I finally had started having these encounters as Mr. Griffin said, possibly with angels and apostles. And I was at an event one night and this apostle, he was uh, calling people up, speaking into their life. And in my opinion, I had this little negative view. I said, oh, they're gonna say the classic thing. Oh, there's a calling on your life. You're anointed, blah, blah, blah. Cause I'd heard it a hundred times before. So I went and started chaining cause I had to minister in the dance that night. When I came back out, I was in the lobby and I heard this voice say, where's that young man that ministered? And the place was packed, probably like about a thousand people was in, in this church. And so my director was at the door. She said, he's right here. And I heard her voice. I knew he was referring to me. So I went up kind of like skeptical. And I thought, oh, he's going to say the classic thing. Oh, you're anointed and blah, 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 blah. But that's not what he said. I walked up to him and he said, you know what? He said, you're getting ready to uh, go through something. He said, and it's coming quick. He said, you know, all those writings that you do, they're going to be read all over the world. Well, he could have bought me with a nickel at that point because I was part of a, a, a sacred fine arts ministry and I used to have to write inspirational blogs in the morning that they started posting on the website and they were getting hits from Japan all around the world. Oh. And nobody in Houston knew this. So I'm like, when he told me that, I was like, okay, how did, how did he know? He said, you know what? He said, you're getting ready to go through something. He said, it's going to happen soon and it's going to happen quick. He said, but what you got to tell yourself is that it's for purging purposes only. He said, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care what they hear. He said, you got to keep telling yourself it's for purge and purposes only. And at that particular time, I was over the adult um, dance ministry. So I said, oh, who's going to be got a complaint now? That's all I attribute to. But about a month and a half later, it was right before Memorial Day, I started having this nagging pain in my back, had blood in my urine, and eventually mm. they took me to emergency. And they, from there... Uh, analysis and after they did the CAT scan, they were believing it to be kid, be um, cancer. Went to the, they gave me all kind of morphine, like three or four different, three or four different times during the evening while they were processing my paperwork. Got to the hospital that night, doctor came in, he said, no more morphine. And then the next day after they did an MRI, so the doctor said, you know what, he said, you have a very unusual case. He, so it was almost like I was going through another exodus. Because for me, here it was, I was my body was in, in Goshen, the outside part, but in the inside, there was this Egypt. 
And so what he said was this, my body had developed like a cocoon around it. And he said, the pain I was feeling was this cancer trying to get out, but it was a microscopical part because they can even barely detect it on an x-ray. And he said, but it won't let it out. Mm. All the pestilence and stuff that's going on, it would not come out of Egypt. It would not go into the land of Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Same thing with my body. It would not be released into the rest of my body. So eventually what, what happened was they did the surgery and they were able to uh, remove move the cancer and stuff like that. And then, of course, which kind of propelled me to the whole health thing, started learning more about you know, different types of foods and herbs, and I changed my, my diet. And that is our thing. Our body was, is wonderfully created and made. If we create the right environment for our body, it will do exactly what it was designed to do. And that is what. So, Minister Mike, you went through cancer. Tell us how old you are, because I'm always amazed at your age. You, you beat cancer, but go ahead. I'm 63. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You look so and, and a lot, a lot of stuff, we just have to start changing our diet and, and read. And, and, and that same thing where the, uh, when I heard that minister was talking about the word busy, because I was one of those, he said, busy will rob you of knowing the voice of God or being too busy to listen. Don't let busy drown out the voice of God. The enemy will use that against you. And that was one of the things that I, I that I did when they put me into the hospital. My sister asked me, "What do you want us to bring?" They were thinking cologne, toothpaste, toothbrushes, soap, pajamas, stuff like that. I said, "Bring me my Bible, and bring me all my study papers, because if I can't stand on the Word of God first, how can I stand on anything else?" Mm. So that I went right back to God all over over, over, over again, back to to the Word back to the word keep it in your life no matter what you go through amen that was a powerful powerful testimony don't be a torah terrorist wow so that's what we, we we're saying we're not torah terrorists we know that we started with this egypt in in the uh pagan things too so we had yeah. to ease our way into it also so we have the passover coming april the 15th to the 23rd so just ease your way into it. Start listening to us and start doing some of the medical stuff. And it says, don't let your busy drown out the voice of God. Wow. Don't let your busy drown out the voice of God. He speaks to us. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was a powerful uh, testimony. And, 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 and also Minister Griff said there was feathers like angels. And I see them. Sometimes I get to praying or sometimes I, I could just have things on my mind. I see these little feathers like smoke come and I reach out and I know they're just like angels around me. And so some of you know what I'm talking about, but thank you so much for those testimonies. Is there anyone else that have a testimony before we move on? We thank you. Your, your testimonies will break yokes. And we pray that uh, whoever testimony, all of our testimonies that you heard, that you listen to again, and that you're able to pull something out of that, okay? Because the Lord loves you. He's no respect of a person. Yahweh loves you. And so if he does that for us, he'll do the same thing for you. Um, now we're going to go on to our word of God. Uh, we know our parashah this week was Exodus 10 through 13 up to the 16th verse. Our new parish is Exodus 13, chapter 13, verse 17, up to chapter 17, 
verse 16. So basically you can read uh, chapter 13 to 17 up to verse 16. We're going to have Minister Mike go ahead and do our prayer over the Torah, please. Blessed are you, Hashem, our power, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, we love you all. Thank you for opening up. It's not easy to get on here and give your life and um, tell about your testimonies to break these yokes. We love you, Rabbi Avshalom, who's about to deliver the word. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the host, and you go ahead and you have the floor. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I am Rabbi Avshalom. Um, you know, when I listen to testimony, that's a... That's a... Incredible. I'll put it this way. Each one of them having their own testimony of, of things that have happened in their lives. It's a story uh, that we tell, right? And it's, it's an actual or, or actual events that happen in our lives. And um, my testimony is my message. I'll put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> my testimony is in my message. It's a life story. And, and listening to... Uh, Apostle Benjamin, um, he says, I live with Jesus, you know, and then um, when uh, um, Minister Griff comes in, he says, the angel spoke to me and he said there would be feathers around when the, the presence is there. And, and, and then Minister Mike says, you know, it was like a, coco like a cocoon surrounding and protecting, and I stayed with him. Uh, and uh, uh, Reverend uh, 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 Elisa says, I have to stay with this changing in my body. I have to do it, you know? I have to just, I have to do it. Those are, are life stories that can change our lives. I don't have the, you know, I'm listening to, to Minister Griffin, the story. I said, man, I would desire to have that, to be face-to-face -face with one of the Ishim. And when I say the Ishim, those are the angels that are, are here in Isolute. They come and they're just like, they're men, they're people. And they actually have a conversation with us. And the way that we know is that they tell us things that they couldn't, no way possibly no and then when they're gone you can't find them so they come for a specific purpose and then they go back he's he doesn't he went back to the father he said dad i you know i've completed my mission and he may get another assignment and he may not he may just be absorbed back into the father but that is a powerful thing your people we have these things you know in our lives and therefore a purpose. They're therefore a purpose, you know, and, and it may have been to, that purpose was, you know, to direct him to save his dad, his father, whom he didn't have a relationship with, is what I gather from the testimony. But he still was able to save his life. And the, and the Ishim said, you're gonna save his life. And it happened right away. It's, it's like, God, 
our father. He's ever present with us, you know, and, and he knows everything that's going on. And his desire is for us to know that he knows what's going on in our lives. So when, it, when we're at our, on our last leg, when things just don't seem to be going right, remember who, whose hands we are in. And that's the testimony. And that is actually the parashah for today. You know that? Israel was always in the hands of our father. No matter where they were, you know, this story, there are, are people, let's think about this for a minute. I was reading and, and I was listening to some different people talk. You know that people said that the, the, the Exodus never happened. There are people that believe that the Exodus never happened, that the Israelites were never in bondage uh -uh. in Egypt. It's there. People, and they say, you can't find any record of it where they were there, but they haven't studied the, third, the, the, the 18th dynasty back in about 1200 BCE. They haven't studied that because it says the house of Pharaoh, I Pharaoh, and it gives, so, so, you know, there are no, there are no, I haven't seen any records of Abraham being in Egypt, except for the, 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 the teachings in the scripture. Again, there are people that say that Jesus never lived, never existed. Many, many that are in the Israelite camp, and we know in the Jewish camp, that say he never existed. It's a fable. Well, if that's a fable, then why, you know, is Egypt a fable? The Israelites being in Egypt, is that a fable? Or, you know, and in the future, 100 years from now, if we're not careful, people are going to say that slavery never took place in this country because of the debate that's going on now with critical race theory. If they can remove it from the history books, then it never happened. Think about that. Egypt never happened. Jesus, are you sure, never lived. There was never a transatlantic slave trade. All of that is documented. Everything that I said, there is documented history on all of them. But there are still a group of people, and it's not a large group, but there's a group of people that say it never The Holocaust, in some people's mind, never, never took place. But the, the, the key to all of those things are, is that the people that it happened to hold on to that testimony that it did, in fact, happen. See? So Brother Griffin said, this indeed happened, right? Apostle said, this happened. According to Iska said, this happened. And Mr. Mike said, this happened to me in my life. I don't care if you can find the documents. I know they're there, and it's, I'm going to tell you the story. It is up to us to tell the story. In this parish, it says, you're going to tell your children what happened. There's a testimony of what the father has done. There are so many parallels in this parashah concerning Yeshua and concerning us that have happened, that if we would open up our minds and as we study the scripture, we will see them take place. So I want to jump forward here and just 
do this because they say that Jesus never lived. Let's let's deal with that, right? Now remember, I'm a, I'm a rabbi. I'm Orthodox, right? Um, and as Minister said, we have to meet people where they are, and not be so dogmatic, right? Now my advantage is I've experienced things in Christianity that most Orthodox have not experienced. I received the gift of the Holy Spirit by baptism, speaking in tongues, right? So I cannot deny what I've actually experienced. That's my, I cannot deny what I've actually experienced. And there are those that would, can't uh, dispute me. They may not believe me or they may not accept it, but I don't care. Bottom line is, I don't care if you accept it. I don't care if you don't believe it. I don't care if you put me down. It doesn't matter to me. That's you. But what I'm going to tell you is this. I believe in the father. I believe he has a son. And I believe that his son was manifest in the flesh. And I believe that this man died. All right. Now, I might say, you know, um, he died on the tree. Somebody say he died on the cross. It doesn't matter. He died. Right. And he died. Let me share some screen with you. Since I'm saying he died, let me share some screen with you here. And I'm going to do this from the King James. I'm not going to do it from my, my um, Aramaic. I'm going to do it from, from here. Now, in, the, in the, this portion, this is the Gospel of John, and this is the 19th chapter. And it actually is supposed to start at the 31st verse, but I can't do that. Okay, I can't start at the 31st. I've got to go back to 9 and 14. I want to do this 9 and 14 because it's so important for our brothers that are in Christianity to understand, not the messianics. Messianics, they're cool. <laughs> I say they know what's going on. They know the story. And that's for, John, and that's John 19 and 14 because John 19 and 14 is what I'm looking at on the screen. Right. I just want, I want to, to read have a podcast that. from this. Yeah. So I just want to make sure okay. people who are just listening and can't okay. see are on the right yeah. page. Yeah. This is John chapter 19, verse 14 that I want to read. Because remember, this parashah is, is about the Passover, right? And then the children of Israel leaving. Egypt, he says here, and it was the preparation of the what? Passover, all right? And about the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, or Yehudim, behold your king. So I wanted to read that because I want you to understand the season that this is happening in. Passover, when does Passover happen, you see? You have to understand when, and the way that you, now in the, in the Brit Hadashah, you don't know that just by reading it. You don't know when it is. You just know it says Passover, but you have to go back to the Tanakh, even back, all the way back to the Torah in order to get the foundation of what this writer is actually referring to. All right. So now let's go back to uh, Shemot or the Exodus. Since I, I wanted to read that to you. So you understand, get a, understand that when you read this in the Brit Hadashah in the New Testament, find out what it's talking to. If you have a Thompson Chain Bible, and I know a lot of you do, if you have a Schofield Bible, it will give you some references to go back to and find and do this research to find out what this writer is talking about. Yochanan, John, what is he talking about? Now that, that's going to lead you back to Shemot or the Exodus. 
And and in this, it's going to go. I'm going to go to chapter ten. I may not read all of this. Uh, it's it's a lot of information there, because in chapter ten it talks about the plague, the last three plagues, right? So I'm not going to get off into all of that, right? The plagues. Um, but I will make this note that when you're reading the, the Tanakh or the Torah, understand that it is giving you a window into the future, what to expect in the future. And it is prophetic if you can understand it and receive that. Mm -hmm. So after having said that, I'm going to go forward a little bit because, again, just as we are delivering the message to you, it is the same thing that happened with Moshe Rabbeinu, a blessed memory. He went and spoke to the leadership or the king or the president and told him what was going to happen if he did not obey the word of God. Now, also understand this in the fifth chapter of uh, Shemot or the Exodus, it says something again there that we must pay attention to, right? And I, I'm saying this in order to provoke you to go back and study it and see it for yourself, all right? So let me jump back here to chapter five for just a moment, five and three. Exodus chapter five, and verse three, and it says, um, let me go to two. It says, and Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? And I know, I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Okay? It says, and they said, the God, and he's, when I say they, he's talking about who? Moshe Rabbeinu and who? Aaron, right? Okay, so he says, and they said, the God, of the Hebrews, he didn't say the Jews, right? Mm -hmm. The God of the Hebrews mm -hmm. had met with us. You know, when I say that the God of Hebrews, there are many Jews that you say, they'll say we never were in Egypt. And they're telling the truth. There were no Jews in Egypt. We see it here, testimony says the Hebrews were there. Right. Yeah, okay. So that's because they weren't called Jews at that time, right? Because we know the story about that. We'll get that later on. That's a story for, as they say, another time. <laughs> it says, let us go, we pray thee, three days journey into the desert. Now that should click something in your mind. Three days journey into the desert. Let us go. You see, let us go three days journey. Now, if we go back, if we fast forward, Again, looking at Yeshua, he said, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. You say, well, how, what does that have? What's that, what's that have to do with it? Three days. Remember, if you've been in our other classes, we say a, a thousand years is as a day and a, and a day is as a thousand years. And so and Yeshua says in three days, and the scripture says in two days, I'll revive you. But in the third day, I'll raise you up. Now, I may be getting a little bit deep to some of you people because you haven't been in my classes, right? <laughs> But for you who have been there, understand what I'm saying, right? So again, let us go three days into the wilderness. Three days has a significance here. And it's in reference to what's going to happen 3,000 years after Yeshua was put on that cross. I hope I'm not losing you. 
It also tells us the scripture again, as we study the scripture, that in the two thousand after two thousand years or so, that we were going to begin to the people of Israel were going to start to revive or to wake up. Mm -hmm. Wake up, Hebrews! Your Mashiach was placed on a tree, and he said, "In three days, he said, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll raise it up." And Yeshua is more than just a person. Yeshua represents also a people to whom things are going to happen to, so that they can realize who they are and whose they are. Again, pay attention to what the scriptures say and allow the spirit to reveal to you through the scripture what is happening because what is happening in the earth today has happened in the heavens and is being repeated in the earth and that's why I could jump forward to the Brit Hadashah and then come back to the Torah to give you foundation on for the three days. And then let me go back up to chapter 10. If you have questions, let me know. Because again, I said, I'm not going to go into the plagues because we're in the midst of a plague now. One plague moves to the next one. It gets in, it, it growing in strength and is killing people every day. Uh -huh. And we're waiting for the Messiah. We're waiting for the one that we're waiting. You know, some say they're just waiting for the Messiah. Others say they're waiting on Yeshua. Some say they're waiting on Jesus. You know what? It all comes down to the same thing. Do you believe that the Father's word is going to come true after the events take place? Remember, everything that has been written has to be accomplished. And it cannot return to him void. So everything that he has said. Everything that we are going through today was spoken and written down in the Torah. We are, as Israel, in bondage. We are calling to go home, but we have to see certain things happen before we can go. Let me know if I'm going too far out for you. Bring me back home. Stabilize me. Don't let me go too far. All right. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't do it because we can get deep into this thing because of the way things happen in the spiritual realm and how it affects the natural realm. And it tells us what is going on in the creation. Well, when, okay. you, when you say that Rabbi about it's repeating itself, I know that um, when they left the Exodus and I don't want to jump ahead of you, it's in chapter 12, they said they plundered the Egyptians. And I said plundered and I looked it up. If you look up the word plunder, that means to steal goods uh, usually in a time of war of a civil disorder, looters that move, that, that, that take things. And so I was like, wow, hmm, yeah. is this all repeating itself? But it's go ahead. All, that's right. It's all repeating itself. Let me tell you a little something. Let me relate something to you. When uh, Lisa and I, my daughter, we went into the continent of Africa on last month, uh, we met this gentleman at a conference and he's an attorney. And he says that he's going to go come to Houston in March. Now, when is Passover? Passover is in April, Kareem's in, in March. But he's mm -hmm. coming in March, and they're going to have these meetings about reparations. What is reparations about? Hmm. Reparations is about getting money that are owed to you. Right? So he's going to have this meeting, and he says that everything that he's gone after, he has accomplished. So it's been 2,000 years. 
And here's a man that's going to go and he's going to appeal for the. We're going to see what happens, right? We're going to we're going to support. Well, and I know I'm going to be happens. at that meeting. Y'all make sure I'm yeah. there too. Go ahead. Yeah, and we're going to. He's going to be like Moses, and we're going to be like Aaron, and okay. we're going to be there. He say, "You need to give us our money, so we could go." And we're going to say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're with him. We're standing with him. We need our money, and we don't want you talking about no college funds and we no. We want just like the Israelites got. We want your jewels. We want your gold." We want your clothing and we want it in our hands so that we can do with it what we want to do with it, mm-hmm. not what you ration out to us. Because that's mm-hmm. what you call affirmative, or what they call affirmative actions. You know, we affirm that we're going to do this, but it's a lie. Just put the money in our hands. Right? It was kind of like we, they got paid what they were owed after all those hundreds of years of being enslaved and they were really virtually working for free. So now it's like God had all this stored up for them. So when he got ready to take them out, now they're going to get their big reward for all those years of slavery and work that they did. Are you talking about the Israelites or are you talking about our ancestors? Both. You can't tell the difference. There's no difference. Right. <laughs> right. You can't tell the difference. Right. <laughs> you know something about sin. When, when a person, when a teshuva, when you do teshuva, when you, if I harm you, brother, if I harm any of you and I come to you and I stole from you, right? And you, and I, and I get caught. Now, I stole it, so I got to go to you and say, look, okay, you caught me. I stole it. So now, guess what? It's not over. I say, I'm sorry I stole it from you. But now I've got to do restitution, and I got to add a fifth part to it because I deprived you of your right. That's what sin is all about. You repent of that sin, and, 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 and you've robbed somebody of something. When you rob somebody, that's a sin. It's actually it's a sin of robbery, right? You've got to restore that person and add a fifth part to it. This is the law. And it's also, you know, it's when you go to court and, and people get, they have to pay you restitution. So what we're talking about here that's happening in March, the 22nd, 23rd of March, is they're going to ask it for restitution. Now, this has been going on for a while. This didn't just, didn't just start. We've been trying to get this thing for a long time, but but 2,000 years hadn't, hadn't passed yet. You see, we were still operating within that, that 200 years, as they say. But now we're coming at that point where the time is coming where we need to get ready to get out of here, just like the children of Israel in this, this, in this, this historical documentation is revealing to us what is about to happen, all right? It's saying is, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is they're going this time, but, but all along they've been saying, we're not going to do it, or we don't even want to talk about it. Remember how it starts off in, the, in, in, in Exodus, when it talks about this, this Exodus, it starts off that way. Who is, the, who is your God? Who is, who is this? And he's still asking the question, who is your God? Who is it? I'm not going to do it. We're not going to give you, uh, uh, we're not going to give you reparations. We're not going to give you money. We're not going to let you go because we know if we give you the money, you leave it. Right? And if you leave, you're going to take that wealth of knowledge and gifts that you have. As long as you're here, we're blessed because you built this country this nation, and you've built the world. We need you here. We need to keep you. So we have to understand what the scripture is revealing to us. These are not just fairy tales. And, and uh, like uh, some of the rabbis said, the, 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 the legends, these are not legends. These are historical documents that, that are written for the children of Israel so that we will understand circumstances and situations and where we are 
on the timeline of the father. All right. So uh, verse in chapter 10, verse eight, I'm just jumping around a little bit. And if you have something you want to say, if the, if the Lord puts something, go ahead and say it. Right. Come on in. He says, and Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh and said unto them, go serve the Lord your God. But who are they that shall go? So now you want to know who's going with you. Okay, go. Because you know why he's saying that, right? Because of the plagues, right? He's getting his behind whoop. So he said, okay, I'm going to do it. But again, he said, and Moses said, we will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and our daughters, and with our flocks and with our herds, and we will go, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. In the book of John, in the gospel of John, it says it was the feast of the Passover. This is what they're talking about. If you're in the Gospel of John, if you only restudy the New Testament, this is what it's talking about. This feast that they're talking, it was the preparation for the Passover. This is what they're talking about. Preparing for the feast. That's what it's talking about. Preparing to put the Mashiach on the tree. That's what they're talking about. Okay, you got to come back here to find that. All right. And he said to them, let the Lord be so with you as I will let you go and your little ones look to it for evil is before you. Uh, not so, go now you that are men. And so he didn't want, the Pharaoh does not want, the king does not want all of the Israelites to go. Why is that? Because he knows that the men are not gonna go and leave their children behind. As fathers and as a leadership, we're not to leave our people behind. What does that mean? In our congregations, if I find that I'm so wealthy and my people are, are starving to keep their lights on, I have left my people. If the father give you deliverance from a land, a, a land, and you go and leave your people, you have done wrong because you're supposed to leave with your people. If you are a father and you are married to a wife and you have children, you do not leave your children behind. You take them with you. All of these are examples on different levels that we are to operate as fathers, as leaderships, as kings, as presidents. We do not leave our people behind. If the people, if the, and, and this is a part of, of, of who we are. You see, when you study the scripture, you find out justice and mercy is talking about how the leadership are supposed to protect the weak, right? Provide for, for as it says in the Constitution, provide for the general welfare of the people. Remember the poor and the widows and orphans. This is all embedded into our DNA as the children of Israel. So, we are given wealth so we can provide for each other, not just ourselves, but all around. There should be equity amongst us. We, I don't have to give all of my wealth, but I give a portion to help others. I don't give all of my time, but I give a portion of my time. If I don't have money, I give time. I can give something to help others as we're on this journey out. Okay? And while we're living in this place. Some of the concepts I use may not seem in context, but look at the grand scheme of things. It all ties into one, all right? So the Lord said unto Moses, and remember what Moses is doing. He's doing just like Yeshua. 
Whatever the father tells him to do, he does it. He only does what his father tells him or shows him to do. So Moses, and, and the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out their hand over the land of, the, of Egypt for the locusts that, that may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, even all the half. Uh, you know what? Again, let me think about, let's think about this and, and, and look at critical race theory. Now, we have a document, a document here that says this happened. And you can go into the scripture and you can remove this and you never know. It's kind of like looking at the King James Version with the 66 Bible and then going and picking up the Sefer with 88 books in it. It gives you more detail. It's the same history, but more detail of what is going on. It enhances your learning and your understanding of what was actually on the minds and what was going politically with the people. So you get more information. It's the same thing. You see, so in critical race theory, if the children don't understand why we're in our communities are still struggling where the other people are advancing and when they, when their parents, uh, well, when the children get of age, their parents are able to look at them and say, well, let me give you $50,000 to pay down on your house. The reason that the parents are able to do that is because they have generational wealth that they built up from the time that this country was built. When you look at the families of the Bushes and, and uh, many of the presidents that went forward, especially this guy that just got out, their wealth was generational wealth that was passed on to them. How many of the Israelites or, the, or those that are in the transatlantic slave trade can say that and do that? You see, this is a part of the whole thing. That's a part of, of critical race theory. It teaches you why they're able to enjoy generational wealth that you and we cannot. And so we can, we would know that it is not our fault. See, a lot of us think that it's, and we're angry with our parents. A lot of people that are listening to would have had anger with their parents because they were not able to leave them anything, not understanding the full story, the full truth of what happened. You see? But when you and when you're able to go back and follow, you know, when I grew up and many of us grew up and, and, and they, I watched TV and watched these movies and we went to school and they taught us about European history. American history was about European history. It wasn't about African history. It was European history. It talks about how they did things and, and it, it excluded us. We were not in the picture. We had no hand in the many uh, inventions or the great buildings, according to, we didn't have a hand in it. We didn't, we didn't secure this nation from England and, and we didn't build this great nation because we're left out of it. Critical race theory is bringing forth all those things that were left out. It'll put those names that George Washington Carver and Benjamin Banneker and, and you know, and you know, uh, what was his name? You see, it was uh, in the 40s, 30s, 50s. And he went back to Liberia and he built schools and he did a Marcus Garvey. If you study Marcus Garvey, he was a great man. He did great things in his time. But you don't see that in our history. It's not taught. You see, Marcus Garvey was tied with Hyrule Selassie. 
And did you know that a lot of the, the African Americans left and went to Ethiopia to fight with, alongside Haida Selassie against the Europeans, against Stalin and those guys? They don't, that's not taught in our history. They don't talk about the 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 airplanes that our brother the Red Wings and how you know how they escorted them, you know. They don't talk about that. It's left out. It's not in our history book. It should be included. Not just in February, but it should be included in the history. That's why, that's why the Lord said, and you shall tell your children what I did. That's what critical race history does. It, we are able to tell our children so that they can understand that we did have Wall Street and it was Black Wall Street and they built many things. And then, and then it was the government that came in. It was the, those that were supposed to protect us that went in, the National Guard who stripped us of our weapons and we could not protect ourselves in this country, in this Babylon, in this Egypt. All of this is tied to this parashaw. It's telling us how we're supposed to remember and we're supposed to teach our children our history so that we can understand prophetically what is going to happen in the future if we stay the course. You see, I know, I know I'm not just talking about the Bible, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm making it, this is what we call oral history, the oral Torah. This is the oral Torah that I'm talking about. This is the oral Torah in that I'm giving you and making it relevant for today of the, 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 the time frame that we're living in, how it parallels what happened in the past so we can understand what is going to happen in the future if we would believe and obey. Understanding who we are, who we are, where we came from and where we're going. In the prophetical timeline, the three days that it's talking about, we are waiting for the Messiah to come and we are moving out, we are preparing to move out of the, you know, Moses had to go and tell the people, we have to tell the people, we need to get our reparations, we need to get our money, and we need to leave this land because the plagues are here to remind us that the Father wants us out of here. Now, we won't be able to go back to the land of Israel until Messiah comes. Since I'm, uh, uh, I'm winding out now because I don't want to go into too much time, so I'm going to lay this down like this. Okay, go ahead and bring your screen up, Rabbi. Okay, okay. So if, when you're studying this parashah, don't just look at these, this, this parashah as just documents that have passed and are not happening again. You have to look at them and apply them to your, your today situation. And look at this, and, and you have to study the scripture. As, 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 as Minister Michael said, I always went back to the scripture. Always went back to the scripture. You have to go back to the scripture, and you have to be prayerful. And you have to allow the spirit, the anointing of God, to open it up so that you can see what the scripture is talking about. That's the difference between us and those that are the sages that went before. They spent their time. They, they just ate the scripture, and they discussed it on a spiritual level such as they can see and see what's going to happen in the future. These things are going to happen. Malachi 3 tells us what to look for. But Messiah, Yeshua says, I don't know when the time's going to come, but the Father knows.
But he did give us a roadmap. He said, before I come, Elijah the prophet must come first. All right? He gave us an example in John the Baptist to show us that he's coming. He says, I'm not the one. I'm not the light. But I came to bear witness of the light. You see? So when, when Elijah the prophet comes and he be begins to bring us all together as one people, as Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron did. They brought the children of Israel together as one people while they were in bondage and told them the father, the time of deliverance is now. Prepare yourself to leave this place. So right now, if you receive it, if you can receive this, if you believe the Mashiach is Yeshua, if you don't, if you don't believe it, then if you believe the scripture, as it says, you see, I'm taking away your crutches mm -hmm. because the, the binding is in the Torah, right? It's in the tonight. The law and the prophets tell us. So whether you believe Yeshua is Mashiach or not, it doesn't matter to me. What well, does matter is, and again, if you believe in Yeshua is Mashiach, doesn't matter to me. But what does matter to me is that you understand that it was during the time of Pesach. It was during the time of the, 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 the festivals. In other words, it, it is, it's going to happen according to what the Father says. Now, it's good if you believe in Yeshua as Mashiach, because we pray that, uh, we, again, we pray that God has always been our salvation. But what I'm saying is stop the fighting mm -hmm. about who the Messiah is. Stop lying and saying he never existed. Mm -hmm. Stop lying and saying that the, the, that the exodus never took place. Stop the foolishness. It's time for that. It's over. It's over. It's time to look to the creator of all things. Avinu Shabbat Shaman. As, as Minister Griff said, daddy. Mm -hmm. According to what daddy says, you know, we need to believe and trust and obey. He says, if you will obey. You know, in this parish, it says that we have to be redeemed, the firstborn in the families. That's a part of this parish. I can't go without that. Redemption is a part of our culture. Mm -hmm. We must be redeemed. The reason that's done to remind us that, that we were bought with a price. Everything has a price. So stop fighting about who Messiah is and who is not. Get into the word. You see, and when you get that knowledge, get you some understanding and some wisdom in that and get out of this foolishness. Stop fighting each other. Stop the foolishness. Love each other. Mm -hmm. If you see somebody needs help, help them. You see, if a person believes in sure, good. God bless him. If he believes in the Torah, good. God bless him. Let's stop the foolishness in the spirit of Elihu Hanavi. It is our responsibility as those that believe. If you believe that God created all things, all things were created by him. If you believe that, if you believe that he is your deliverer and your healer, mm -hmm. you see, if he's your savior, if he's your banner, if he's your provider, your protector, if he's all those things, then act like it. Mm. Act like it. You know, that, that doesn't make no sense to me. In the same family, the same household, believing the same God and then fighting each other because 
you know, of our brother. The brother came. Mm. Brother came. The brother's coming. I don't care whether you believe it or not. He's coming. You know, and he's coming back for those that are what? Obeying his commandment. Every time you read it, it's going to say obey. Even Yeshua says obey. Obey the command. You see, and we have to, you know, just grow up. Let me just put it like that. Let's just grow up. You know, we have little things. I have little petty things that I do, you know. I'm dealing with this flesh. Sometimes Lakota at least had to pull my tail. She had to pull my coattail, you know, that's okay. You know, I rebel still, I rebel. But then I listen to wisdom that she come, you know. I mean, I say it at the time, but I start to, to make the change. I repent, in other words, right? Let's, you know, acknowledge where you are in your walk. We all are in different levels, right? Mm-hmm. So let's acknowledge where we are in our level of faith and we go from faith to faith, right? From level to level. And let's continue to grow, meditating in the word, you know, get, your, get yourself a good study group of people that are going the same direction you're going, right? Going the same direction that you're going, not going opposing to you because they're going to be a diff- it's going to be difficult. You know, how can two walk together unless they agree? Find you some people that agree with you that are, you know, as you say, if you uh, eat pork, find people that don't eat pork, right? If you're a vegan, find people that eat vegan, that eat health. In other words, that are only healthy. And, and y'all start hanging together, right? Start hanging together. People that are in the word and, and, and doing the, hang together. It doesn't matter whether you're a Jew, an Israelite, or a Christian. If you believe in God, right, we can come together in the same house and love on each other. Where we are, Minister Michael said he went in there and that place had the cross on, and he sat up in there and said, come up in the front. You know, you know, come up in the a front. Gold, a gold front. cross at that. You know, stop being, you know, yeah, yeah. We don't, ain't no shame in my house. I, I still got the shirt. I still got to share. That's a momentum. It's a, it's a momentum, right? And, and yeah. you know, Rabbi, for, for me, it was like with that whole process, like I said, way back when I was in high school, when I started reading all those festivals and everything, it got me confused when I got older because I saw where it had God's festivals. And then when I got older, I started hearing Jewish holidays. Uh-huh. But I never found Jewish holidays in the Bible. Yeah, I still haven't. Yeah. No, and then I was like, "Why did we stop? And when did we stop celebrating? Yeah. You know." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, it's time to return back to it." Right, you got to come back. You got to come home. You know, you wait with sons. You got you want to take your don't come on back home. He's still that way. You know, come on back home for you that are, that never left. Leave those brothers alone. Let us come Just on back home. Minister Moore, check your messages. <laughs> yeah, we're coming back. You know. It's a wonderful thing to be able to come together and, and, and you know, the, to express and to expound and to listen to the word. It's been a blessing for me to, to be here with you all on each and every Shabbat. And um, I'm going to, as long as the Lord allows me to, I will come. Um, I'm not all wise. I'm not everlasting, right? I'm none of those things. I am a man like you all are. And I desire to be with you all because we share the word. Right. And we get to to enjoy each other's company. And, um, you know, and that's the for me, that's the, the joy. And that that's my healing. 
Put it that way. That's my healing. You know, that's because through the week, you know, it's kind of like we're separated from each other. And we, we can't touch each other. But on the Shabbat, in the spiritual realm, the angels of the presence, angels of the sanctification, and we're all together in the spiritual realm, and we are rejoicing in the word. This is a very special time. Amen. This is a very special time for us. So we invite all of you that are listening and that have a desire to come in and learn the Torah and learn the feast days, not the Jewish holidays. We do have a couple of Jewish holidays, by the way, you know. We got Hanukkah and we got Purim. Those are the Jewish days, right? Okay, we can accept those. It doesn't say that in the scripture, though. All right. But, but we understand what they are, right? But we do know that he said the Lord's days are what? Pesach, Shavuot, and what's that last one that's going to happen again in the future? What's that last one? It's the tabernacle. Sukkot, tabernacle, you know. So those are the Lord's feast days. And, and come on in and learn those. Learn those things. Learn them. And then if you're in Christianity, just come back. You know, come on over. They, they want to put a yoke on you. Some people want to put a yoke on you. Say you got to go through all these rituals. No, no, no. Just come on back. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. And then bring your own in. You know, come. Hey, and Minister Mike went in. They accepted him where he was. They understood where he was. You see? When we meet, we understand where we come from. Y'all pray for me. I pray for you. Yeah. We lay hands on sick and they recover. Right? We speak words of encouragement. So that people can learn and glean, and we glean from each other. In Christian, let me say, let me, let me put it this way, and I'll go east. Let me let me see this. When I want a good uh, prayer, represent representative prayer, and and I and I love to pray in the spirit. But I, I like to pray my prayers in private. I like my prayers to be private. I don't like to do public prayers. Okay, I, I, that's just, but that's me where I am, right? That's me. I do do them in the congregation and you know, we do through the, through the siddur. But there is a prayer, you know, a prayer of the heart that many times we miss it in the Orthodox world. But when we get the brothers and sisters that are messianic by nature, that are used to doing the, the prayers of the heart, what I say is I call on Apostle Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I call on Apostle Moore. I said, Apostle, will you give well, us one of those prayers? I'm calling on him now. I've been telling him look at his messages and <laughs> do the calls and prayer. He ain't answered me. Yeah, he ain't so answered. He, he, he cut us off. He holding out on Oh, I figured we needed that. <laughs> and so um, I know what you mean, Rabbi, you know, you, with, with the, the Hebrew Israelites and we're doing a tour, but when you go back, you got the songs, you got the dancing, you got the speaking in tongue, saying Jesus, the whole bit. And it, and it had power too. It has power too. And so, and that's why Rabbi saying, let's all just get along. We got to start somewhere, start adding these days in. And I wanted to uh, add in here because Exodus 12 is so powerful. It's about our Passover. If you read 12 and 19, it said for seven days, 
No leavened bread should be found in your house. Since whoever eats it, what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. So Yahshua already knew we were going to be strangers. He already knew we were going to be in the United States, this Egypt. He said, I don't care whether you're a stranger of that land or not. Keep the Passover. And he says, you shall eat nothing leavened. And in all your dwelling, you shall eat unleavened bread. And it's saying, keep the Passover. I don't care where you are. It's very important. And so we thank you, Rabbi Avshalom. When you listen to Rabbi Avshalom, you're not convicted to repent because none of us is perfect. From that word he gave, convicted me. I was thinking of some things that I need to repent for. You know, uh, th this unruly uh, firemen came at me and it's not how what people do to you is how we respond and we can't keep going in a circle like a dog chasing its tail we have to be better than that we have to go to another level okay because we already know what to expect we already know the attack is going to come but he's still working on us because we still have this dirty flesh from that <laughs> dirt that he made us and we have to continue to repent. We have to continue to build our house upon the word of God, the rock. He loves the just and he loves the unjust. He loves everybody. And so we have to show Christ through us. And the only way we can do that is to be a light. So when the attack comes, we can't be like the regular heathen. We can't pray like the regular, regular heathen. We can't do things that way. We have to start finding a different way. We have to start being better. And that and we have to point towards that cross. We have to be servants. And the service to bow down. And so it really convicted my heart. Thank you, Rabbi Avshalom, on some repenting I used to do. And if that fireman is listening to me, then I'm, I'm sorry. I've already repented to God, but sometimes we, ha we have to humble ourselves and we have to be better Amen. than that. Amen. Amen. And, that's, and that's called growing. Yeah. And we all can be petty, but we got to grow. And we have to stop killing one another. We have to stop it. We, so many from the beginning that wanted, they've been, uh, wanted to kill our men. All the men, the firstborn. Yeah. There were so many assassination attacks on our uh, attacks on our people. Why would we keep doing it? And then Amen. he brought up the critical race theory. Look that up. Because they're saying we ain't done nothing here in the United States. We ain't built nothing. <laughs> we ain't invented nothing. We ain't telling our kids in school about the, the Hebrew Israelites, the black, the color, whatever they want to label us because we've been the, the niggas, whatever they want to label us because we've been labeled so many things since we've been in this Egypt. You've heard the testimonies. They will break yokes. Thank you for the testimonies. We had Minister Mike tell him about how the, he was a, a Goshen and, and, and God had consolidated that Egypt in his body and said, no, you're not going to get out. No, you're not going to die. We heard Apostle Dr. Benjamin Moore say he was just going to a regular doctor's appointment and God said, oh, you can't have him. Not today, devil. Amen. We heard Amen. me saying the devil tried to take my joy and my smile. God said, no, I love how you sing to me in the kitchen. Keep smiling. Mm. Keep moving forward. Amen. 
we heard a call of Lisa, how she, how she talking about the Lord has guided her and standing on his promises. We have to remember them. We heard uh, Minister Griff talking about he came with the angel. I've seen an angel minister to him. And Minister Griff, if you don't remember, we was going into a store and the angel stopped you and said, you are a prophet. And you and your mother ministry will come together one day. He's met many angels. I've been there in his presence when he met one. I've met several. You do I not know when you're entertaining angels. And we don't I know when the test is coming. Because sometimes we can think it's the devil attacking us, but God really showing us. God was really showing me me. Hey, I'm sorry, I Lord. I lift your name on high. I repent before you daily. Mm, Help me. Build me up where I am weak. Help me. Help me to treat people how you want them to be treated. You said love thy neighbor. You said the first, the two greatest commandments is love the Lord with all your heart and then love thy neighbor. If we can just keep those two, we're doing well. Because that, that equates all ten of them. When you do those two. Help us, Lord. To be an example. God, we don't want to embarrass you, Yahweh. We want to be a light to people. Ah, yeah, shame. We repent faithfully to you because you're the highest of the high, you're the king of the kings, you're the Lord of the Lord. Use us in this Egypt. We don't want to destroy people and we don't want to tear people down, but it's about love. You gave yes. a whole book on love and what love is. And I cry out because you have loved us so much. And we have to show the love to other people. Other people, yes. Apostle Benjamin Moore, if you can go ahead and um, close us in prayer, please. Uh, let me make two statements. Apostle was talking about the slaves. Back in 2017, my wife passed, but we were talking about this, trying to produce books that showed that the Black people were not slaves, but domestic servants. And then you touched on another topic by stealing. People need to realize when you don't give your tithes and offerings, you're stealing from the Lord. I say now, Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you, Father. Which forgives our sins, those who did knowingly, those who did unknowingly. He say, he say, Ahuna, who say, who say, Ahuna. Who say, who say, Ahuna? Who say, We pray for the peace of Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for thy kingdom come. We pray for these United States of America. We pray for our president, vice president, and those who make decisions up there. We pray for our mother continent, Africa. We pray for those that rule over us both spiritually and naturally. 
We love you and we thank you in Yeshua's name. Hashe, Hashana, Hashana. Amen. Amen. We thank you for that wonderful prayer. And he's right. We do have to tie it. Um, so, Perrine, I know that's coming up in March. That's giving. That's giving food. That's giving to people. You give to the land. You give and you move when the Lord tells you to move and to give. Um, I, I received gifts this week, two gifts from this, this beautiful spirit of to my, my grandchild that's not even born yet. I And it, it, it just it touched my heart. It's not because I, I got something for the grandbaby. It is just the heart and the soul of people. And it, it lets me know that we need to just give more. Nobody should have to ask you for anything. If the spirit moves you, that that's a blessing to you. Because too much is yes. given, much is required. Yes. And if you see somebody that needs something, whether it's your time, whether it's your money, whether it's food, whatever it is, we pray that you uh, that the Lord moves you to help that person. Okay. And so um, we look forward to seeing you next Saturday. We ask that you share our episode. Uh, we ask that you leave questions, leave your email address. We would love for you to join us. Um, this is not about the Jews. This is about everybody. What we give you is for everyone. The Passover is for everyone. It's not for the, just the Hebrew Israelites, not for Jews. It's, it's for God's children. If you believe in the Lord God, Jesus Christ, Yahshua, Yahweh, this is for all of us. We Amen. love you, and we look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Shalom. 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 Shalom.